Time to get Welcome to Dosed Election Headquarters, everyone. This is your host, Abby Martin. It is 1 p.m. California time here in the Pacific area. It's November 9th, everyone, the day after the election. And what a tremendous night for American oligarchy. I mean, democracy. Here in the heart of the empire, both sides initially denounced the results that were coming and then both sides declared victory. In the end, capitalists won big, and everyone else lost. Mike, what do you have for us today? <laughs> Very good uh, election headquarters voice, Abby. <laughs> what do I have? Um, well, I've been watching a, a lot of election coverage, which has been hard. It uh, made me feel like I was in... The great movie we just watched recently that everyone should watch <laughs> called um, Crimes of the Future. And uh, in that film, it's in the future where if you eat food, you have to sit in a chair that's called a breakfaster. And the chair like shakes you around and moves your body around so you can like swallow like slop and your body can move it through your body and digest it. And so it's like a violent act to like eat because you're just sitting there like shoveling gelatin in your stomach and the chair like wiggles your body so you could uh move it through your body and i felt like that when i was of uh, just watching election coverage and learning about the election it's not a it's a tough topic <laughs> just as a disclaimer i'm not not super into it what a future we are heading toward indeed I don't think I've ever been less inspired by politics than I am (laughs) at this moment in time. Less motivated, less inspired, and just all around just anxious about what kind of world we are hurling into here. Um, Mike, I mean, I think the, the most obvious thing, you know, my point about American oligarchy, I mean, aside from the two teams, you know, fighting over, squabbling over a lot of the times minor differences when it comes to issues of life and death, just how extreme can the Republicans take it, you know? Um, Other than that, I mean, the most obvious point is just how much money continues to be poured into these election cycles. And unlike so many other countries in the world, I would say every other country in the world, the elections in the U.S. never end. It's a constant yeah. barrage of election coverage. Yeah. Yeah, because it's every two years, and so it's like the next election is always the most important. So, I mean, just where it stands right now, uh, 
you know, I think anyone who was following it prior, which, you know, I wasn't. So even if you weren't following it, maybe you heard the, like, red wave term thrown around, which was the prediction that the Republicans were going to have massive victory, turn a big majority in the Senate and the House. Um, and that's because that's always kind of somewhat expected when you have an income in a midterm election, when you have an incumbent who is really unpopular like Biden is and when the economy is not doing well like the economy is and inflation and gas prices and all that stuff. So typically in those under those conditions you expect the opposing party whichever it is to do well. Um Sorry, I'm going to turn that election yeah. music off. Yeah, I was just going to say, don't let it cycle again. Um, I don't know if I could take it. Yeah, so usually you expect the opposing party to the one in power to do well in midterms under those conditions. So there is an expectation that there is going to be a big red wave. Uh, so that you had a lot of the mainstream media and a lot of the pollsters, like polls were, were predicting that also. Uh, you had a big prediction of a big red wave. Then on the other side, you had like Michael Moore, who, because he predicted Trump's defeat of Hillary in the 2016 election, is considered like the the gold the, standard. The, yeah, the polls, <laughs> the one who knows, who can read through the polls and give the true uh, vision for what's going to happen. He predicted the opposite. He predicted a big sweeping Democratic victory, a blue wave that he said because of the Roe v. Wade decision that that would actually mean that, you know, we're underestimating the Democrats and, and voters in this country who will come out in huge numbers. Um, and that didn't happen either. Basically, what it looks like is an even split down the middle um, and actually gains for Republicans. But because they're not the big gains that they predicted, it's kind of a, a defeat for them because they were really needing to have a really massively strong showing. And the fact that they didn't kind of uh, pours cold water on Trump and and the Republican Party and all that. So right now we're even stands, though mm -hmm. even though at the end of the day they're still going to I mean likely take both chambers. And uh, so it's, it's like highly possible. So right now the Senate is split forty eight forty eight with four undecided. Three are still uncalled, and one is going to go to a runoff in December. That's the fucking Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker uh, Senate campaign in Georgia and. To tell people who Herschel Walker is, Abby. Because it's like, brain, why is this even close? He's a brain-damaged lunatic who, uh, I don't even know, like, his political history or, like, credibility in terms of, like, why he's in politics. But all I know, I, I closely follow his son, Christian Walker. <laughs> the like guy with influencer. A, the guy with a big TikTok who goes through the Starbucks drive-thru every day and just, like, yells at liberals and is like, I want a latte with, like, vanilla syrup and pumpkin in it. And he's just like, ah, he's like... So crazy, he claims that he has to have security guards walk him to school on campus because he's so threatened by liberals. Even he came out and denounced his father as a fraud because it came out, you know, his father, just like all these other kind of generic boilerplate conservatives, they're just super anti-abortion, super pandering to the religious right. And it came out that his father had like several extramarital affairs, actually paid for an abortion for one of his, one of his mistresses. And so even his son and has other him kids and has other children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And We're his son aboard. came out and he was just like, my father's disgusting. And he also said that like, he had like threatened to kill his and like been like physically abusing his mother mm -hmm. and that they had to flee for their lives like mm -hmm. several times. So, I mean, the fact that he still is gaining this much ground and could possibly win. That's Senate, not even Congress, like Senate as a senator. Seat. He is the most brain – it's like way more brain damage than George W. Bush. I mean just listen yeah. to this dude talk. It's like 
really nuts. So right now that's like uh, they're both at like 49 percent. And in Georgia, you need to win a majority over 50 percent and they're neither of them are going to get it. So that's a runoff that's going to go till December. And it well, could isn't there mean... like another candidate who has like 2 percent? Yeah, but he won't be in the runoff. Right, right. But I mean, I wonder yes. how that's going to swing. Right. Maybe he's yeah. a libertarian or something. So it'll mm-hmm. go to the Republican anyway. But um, yeah, so basically it could mean that the Senate is just split down the middle and we won't know who's going to control the Senate until mid-December. Trump will have likely announced that he's running for president by that time. I think November 15th, he's going to give his official announcement that he is running for president, despite the kind of embarrassing loss of many of his candidates that he endorsed, like Dr. Oz and stuff. Um, but and, and also in the, in the House, right now as it stands, we have 220 seats for the Republicans, 215 seats for the Democrats, and there's many that are still outstanding. But um, you need – actually, not many. There's a few that are outstanding. You need 218 seats for the majority, which the Republicans already have. So uh, it's being painted as a victory for the Democrats <laughs> because the red wave didn't happen. Um, but look – the Democrats just had a majority in the Senate and in the House, and they like couldn't do anything. So like because like oh there's Joe Manchin, Cinema, and, and if you really want to do anything, you need to have a bigger. So the Democrats needed to do things like codify Roe v. Wade, which was like the hallmark issue of this election. Um, they needed to not just retain control of the House, which they're not going to do. Um, I mean, it's not decided yet, but it's very likely that they're not going to. But even if they do, they needed to expand their Senate majority, which even if they win this runoff and win the remaining like four seats, it won't be the majority that they need. It'll mean they'll have like 52 seats to the Republicans, like 48 or whatever. When they need like 60, they needed 60 seats in the Senate in order to codify Roe before the midterms. That's a total pipe dream, man. I mean, it's a total pipe dream. As you mentioned, Biden's approval rating is super low i think it was even lower than trump's at at one point Mm -hmm. um which is just absolutely abysmal he's recanted on so many promises i mean the student debt thing was even kind of a flop because it just went barely far enough to Mm -hmm. really help people uh the weed you know the weed reform thing about people in jail like ended up affecting nobody actually incarcerated i mean just several (laughs) things that were just totally bizarre Build Back Better totally flopped. It was all blamed all on the this good filibuster, the Christian Cinema, yeah. Joe Manchin stuff. Total pipe dream to expect that there's going to be a, a, a blue wave big enough to actually codify Roe when we know that Obama could have done it back during his supermajority. It's totally insulting to our intelligence to have Democratic politicians ever since the overthrow of Roe v. Wade just, just say an election's coming up. It's up to you guys now. We can't do anything. And expect that that will be enough without any actual policies that help the working class or poor people in this country at a time of such, you know, inflation is skyrocketing, economic downturn. All of these things are really impacting people on a day to day basis. And just to expect that enough people will come out because they're pissed at the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, a lot of people did. That's why they actually didn't yeah. see the red so wave. If the, right. So exit polling shows that Biden's actual policies are very unpopular. Like everything that Biden is unpopular, everything he's done so far is unpopular because it's been like lackluster, not nearly what he promised, like anything meaningful he could have done, he hasn't done. What drove people to the polls in the numbers that they did was 
uh, the abortion rights issue. And in the five states where there is abortion ballot measures, all of them by huge margins succeeded on the side of abortion rights. Um, and so this was a this was a meaningful issue for people coming out to the polls. Not so if the, if the Supreme Court hadn't done the, mm-hmm. their horrible decision to overturn Roe, we probably would have seen the red wave that many people were predicting. But uh, you know, in spite of that, the Democrats still, you know, had a I would say a, a poor showing. I mean, oh, I mean the the fact of the matter is they lost. They lo- they are going they to lost. lose the House and the Senate. So I can't understand th- why I'm watching the corporate media. By the way, we. Turned it on. What was it? MSNBC all morning. And like last night we were watching CNN. It's just so funny to see the surreal nature of the spin. Everyone is like super happy and acting victorious as if they like won back or like kept the majority of like yeah. it's just like wait what is going on you know you lost you lost you, you lost <laughs> like, i think as if, like it's possible that like they gained like uh i don't know it's... oh yeah they gained i think like like michigan or pennsylvania or something like two states that i guess did swing but then like they lost other seats right. you know what i mean so right. it's like well okay like the tim ryan you know to jd vance and stuff so it's like it's kind of a wash and then plus the republicans have obviously are going to gain because the ones that are still up for debate are like red states, right? Yeah, I I actually had did you delete it in my notes? I, I had a I had shit, a <laughs> I had um what seats were like the toss ups in which they oh, really? didn't but yeah it's deleted um, now. I swear to swear my brother in Christ I did not delete mm. anything. But um you know what's really funny, Mike, is leading up to the election and I couldn't be less interested in the midterms because it's just so everything is just so depressing and apocalyptic and like right. the state of the political discourse is like just barreling off a cliff. But it was kind of interesting to just to see how both sides were approaching the midterms because the Democrats, you know, of course, the messaging is just absolutely ridiculous where it's just all about how democracy is on the ballot. Right. Democracy is on the ballot. It's right. like I don't know what the fuck that means. Right. Like, yeah, what do you it's mean? Like you're voting, you're you're in a democratic election <laughs> to vote on democracy. Right. <laughs> and then they were all. Is it saying, like a January six reference? That like, it must be. It just must be just hammering into our heads all like Trumpism and January six right. and the insurrectionists and the election deniers. You keep hearing them bring up the election deniers are losing. It's like I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. Because you keep talking about how we are the beacon of Ameri- of democracy, and that's why you like continue to embrace empire. Which is funny because one of the um, I know a lot of these fringe candidates lost, but a guy who just one of the recent updates. Actually, let me find exactly who it is. But the uh, um, wait, can I finish my point? Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, sorry, so sorry. so it was one side saying that right, like democracy isn't on the ballot, but then they were also saying don't trust the results, right? Like every official corporate media outlet and pundit was saying, don't trust the results, but for different reasons. It was like the Democrats were saying, don't trust the results because it's going to be a red mirage and then mail-in ballots are going to be counted later. And so it's like, okay, I get where you're coming from, but it also just sowed the seeds and like re-embellished the point of the Republicans to be like, look, like they're going to rig it. They're all like (laughs) like like telling you right now that they're going to rig it with the mail-in ballots and all that shit. And all the Republicans were like, they're all going to rig it. Don't trust the votes. You have Carrie Lake and all these people like Blake Masters, like challenging, filing lawsuits like in the middle of Election Day because of like the problems, with the voting machines. It's like, OK, this just shows a h- bigger problem of how underfunded 
polling centers, election centers are. Like if you look at the actual data of all the election centers that have been closed, you know, like mm-hmm. like these huge long lines where all these pundits and stuff were showing like hundreds of people waiting in line for hours. And they're like, look, look, isn't this an amazing revelation about how like people Everyone's really coming out to vote people it's really like... care and it's like no this is an indictment of how like stupid our system is like yeah. why is there one polling center in a span right. of 50 of a 50 mile yeah. radius like what the hell is going on yeah that's on a here? voter suppression no exactly because it's where do they get closed it's communities of color and yeah no exactly but communities... i even i even saw people like i think i saw glenn greenwald talking like quote tweeting some guy who was talking about voter suppression and being like, you know, this is going to be rigged anyway because of how many black people are being like disenfranchised. And he's like, oh, like he was making it like making fun of the guy being like, look, like he's claiming that it's going to be rigged before it even happens. It's like what it was just it's so mind numbing yeah. on every level of of the takes coming into this election. I've never seen anything quite like it where everyone's denouncing the results and saying it's going to be rigged for different reasons. And then, of course, the empty rhetoric of democracies on the ballot. Yeah, which has defined our election since 2016. I mean, both sides. I mean, there are Democrats claiming fraud in the 2016 election that it was Russia. Mm -hmm. And then in 2020, the Republicans claiming fraud that it was a stolen election by the Democrats. So it's a kind of unprecedented moment in American history where the last two presidential elections have by both parties been considered illegitimate elections and that the person in power like half the country on one side or the other believes that the person in, who's president is illegitimately and undemocratically in that position. So it's uh, not exactly the most stable system when you have huge sectors, like half the population believing one or the other. Um, Wait, and someone in the chat just said democracy is the ballot. Yes, you're right. It is the ballot. Right. That, <laughs> that is what it is. And, you know, if Democrats care so much about democracy being enshrined, then they should do something about voter suppression. They just should do something about the gross uh, decay of our electoral process, our the electoral system, the electoral college. It's just outrageous, you know, and it's just nothing's ever been done about it. And then they just continue to incite the the insurrectionists and Trumpism. Yeah, one of the, one thing I was going to bring up before is that one of the seats that got flipped from Democrat to Republican was in Wisconsin. This is one of the most recent results that's come in, and it was a guy who was an insurrectionist on January 6th, flipped a Democratic seat to a Republican seat in who, Wisconsin. Who, who? His name is um, Van Orden, Derek Van Orden. Yeah, I mean, that that is really creepy. A lot of these people, like Carrie Lake, for example, who looks like she might win the governorship or the gubernatorial race in Arizona, she is also one of these people who's just a total grifting lunatic who, you know, was in corporate media for 21 mm-hmm. years, the, the stock anchor at like the local Phoenix station. And then just one year ago walks away from the job and she's like, I, I can't take it anymore. Like corporate media lies. And she was like a liberal before, right? It, up until 2016, she was a total Obama loving liberal, had drag queen friends, super pro gay rights, and then just got totally embodied yeah trump pilled um but i don't know if it's a total grift if she really just got um trump pilled or what but now it's just funny to see her like one year ago walking away being like i can't take it corporate media lies you know and then she does this little stunt where she smashes the television with the sledgehammer oh yeah oh my god okay so for those who haven't seen it she what is her name carrie Carrie Lake. lake yeah 
just an extreme right wing, just nut. Like the, the, she talks like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like that's how she talks. Um, but anyways, she did a campaign ad that is just a complete ripoff of Abby's <laughs> breaking the set original show intro where she has a sledgehammer and then she like smashes the, the TV screens playing corporate media. That's like. And it's an, an, if, remember, if, yeah. Mike, corporate media is only CNN and MSNBC. Right. Yeah. Corporate media does not in, entail the huge right wing media ecosphere, Breitbart, Daily Caller, Fox News, Epic Times, you know, all those things are subversive and non-corporate. And so mm-hmm. it's really funny to see this kind of grifting, hijacking of a legitimate critique of corporate media that's um, historically a left critique of corporate power. Right. Usurping like democratic values of people, of average people, um, and instead just being used for political partisanship in this whole Trump sphere where it's like yeah. corporate media is liberal media and fake news. And like she smashed it at the such time. I was like, bitch, that shit's so played out. I did that <laughs> shit 15 years ago. <laughs> um, so I think we should get into some of these little candidates and just other aspects of the election. But I think the important thing is that overall, you know, even though there's still some stuff to come, a lot of stuff to come in. It's basically a split um, in the middle, which means that when there's a even House and even Senate, even less can get done. Nothing happens, yeah. and so the the line is now going to be that in we got to wait two years. If you want anything to happen, all you got to do is focus yep. on two years from now in the next election. Um, and the thing that's so just horrifying about this is that is the Roe v. Wade decision. That there are millions. We did a whole episode on it. I mean. So many people at risk, their rights being denied. It's it's horrific, the this change in this country. And the line is now going to be the rose on the ballot in 2024. And that if you care about this, you got to get active and put in the work of democracy and getting your candidates elected and all that shit, which is complete bullshit. But Biden can do a lot right now to enshrine access to abortion as a right everywhere, in every state, in every town, in every city. Uh in particular by just making it offering federal facilities in all states like VA hospitals to, to perform abortions. But anyways, he's not going to do that. Uh, and there's only, but he could do it and he could do it if there was a mass movement that created so much unrest and pressure that they were forced to take sweeping action like that and other things at their disposal that they're just not doing. And so if left to their own devices, the Democrats will just, they might even be happy at this outcome. That they can say we defeated the red wave. This is a, a, a legitimizes Biden's agenda, and that the Biden wasn't didn't lose by the huge. The Democrats didn't lose by the huge numbers that they said he was going to lose. And Trump, it showed that Trump's power is waning, and that this is a great thing for the Democrats. Um, but if we really want to see anything change, you got to wait for the the next election. Where if they actually had won a blue wave, then they'd actually have to do all this shit, and then they wouldn't have anything to campaign on in twenty twenty four. Oh, trust me, they wouldn't have done shit because they did have a blue wave and. 2020 yeah. and they still you know hindsight's 2020 so you look back at it now and it's like oh yeah i guess this is kind of solidifies why they could have done more because people were supporting what they said that they wanted to do and then they just didn't do any of it and then really just the roe v wade stuff brought people out to try to like desperately maintain some semblance of civil rights you know that we've been used to but it's just so funny because abortion's always been on the ballot mm-hmm. ever since i've been voting i mean ever since i was born it's like this is always every election cycle abortions on the ballot abortions on the ballot and to now have it actually be removed you know and to be just insulted intellectually by saying like okay now it's up to you guys like we tried 
now it's just up to the voters to get a huge, like to really get the super majority, right? That's what their the yeah. pipe dream is. Well, it's um, like they, like I said, they they said they need sixty Senate right, seats no, it's crazy. to pass <laughs> it, which is like not like, and especially in twenty twenty four. Okay, you think Biden wanting for reelection in twenty twenty four is going to like do better than he did in twenty two? I don't know, man. It's like he hasn't done it's it such anything. a long shot. I mean, it just shows that, like, I mean, it is possible, but like to put any faith in that as the, the way things are going to go is just like wild. It's like, you got to, it's like, if you really care, you have to put your faith in the struggle and mass movements, because that's, that's always a decisive thing. This, this outlandish idea that there will be this massive, huge sweeping victory, which like rarely happens throughout us history for a huge majority for the, for the Democrats. It's like not, it's not a thing that really happens, especially no. when you have like a dud like Biden. A total dud. Who's going to be four years older in 2024 than he was older, in 2020. Do you know Chuck Grassley is old? I saw someone say this. Chuck Grassley is older than the invention of the chocolate chip cookie. Who's he? He's the guy who Tulsi Gabbard just endorsed. He's like another <laughs> Ukraine hawk. He's 89 years old. He just won a six-year oh Senate God. seat. Oh, he just him. won a re-election Yeah, you know, that's... Uh, Can you imagine? It's funny you bring up uh, Tulsi because... You know, her thing is, you know, her whole brand being anti-Democrat, but also from like the anti-war position. And she's all her thing is like the Democrats are want to start World War Three and their position on Russia and Ukraine is so dangerous and da, 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 you know, but then she goes on and she not only endorses, but like stumps for two, at least two candidates who are like to the right of Biden on Ukraine. Like one guy who actually said the U.S. should invade Ukraine to fight Russia one-on-one, -on -one, not even as a proxy war. And then another guy who thanked the guy you just mentioned, he's like a big Ukraine hawk and like met with Zelensky and like uh, all that stuff. Yeah, principled libertarian Justin Amash even <laughs> called her out and he was just like Chuck Grassley, like nothing more needs to be said. I mean, the hypocrisy is really, really palpable. Um, but yeah, Mike, I think what really says it all about Tulsi's kind of stumping for MAGA candidates recently after her denunciation of the Democratic Party and big parade around conservative media about how she had to leave the Democratic Party because of their woke authoritarianism. I think what this really proves is that her obsession with trans people mm -hmm. and this so-called issue of child genital mutilation really trumps her anti-war Yeah, it's more important. Persona. Putting uh, doctors in jail who provide gender-affirming surgery is more important than us yeah, like how, how many III, apparently. How many anti-war rallies has she spoken at, at the la like the, since Russia invaded Ukraine? Because all mm -hmm. I see is her posting shit about her speaking at anti-trans <laughs> rallies and right. stuff. It's like, what right. what is happening here? Um. Very strange. I mean, everyone's saying, okay, this is an indictment of Trumpism, right? Right, because in a lot of ways that is kind of like a lot of candidates that Trump endorsed, campaigned is for, that did true? big rallies. Yeah, a lot of the ones is that it? he did big rallies for, who that he actually told to run, um, and like the candidacies only happened because of Trump, uh, a lot of them did bad, which is – it does show that Trump has, like, uh, I guess, a waning influence or whatever. Um, or or does he his, always had a or smaller that's the thing. influence? Has he, really, has he really been this kingmaker the whole time, or has it really just been about him? Because he's the cult of personality. Right. And, right, and, right. It, and is his appeal translatable over to just candidates he's endorsing? Mm -hmm. That's the question. Because Especially I, if they're not other Trumps, you know, who right. can talk like him. And Yeah, I mean, Carrie Lake could very well take the governor. Mm-hmm. 
you know, of Arizona. And this Blake Masters guy got really close for comfort. And he, I mean, who the hell knows? I haven't looked at like the the last half an hour before we started this, but like he was definitely rising in the polls. He's another Peter Thiel, Shill, Trump endorsed candidate. I want to get into him in a second. J.D. Vance did win. Mm-hmm. kind of resoundingly yeah. so and he was a trump endorsed candidate he's a thiel guy too right he, yeah Peter thiel the um, I, yeah i want i want to talk about i i do want to talk about that actually should we should we explain sure, sure. that really yeah, quickly this is really strange i mean first i want you to talk about who jd vance is because he won right um yeah. he was running against tim ryan tim ryan people may remember as the thumb the candidate <laughs> who just looked like a thumb dud in the democratic primary in 2016 right yeah He's yeah. like a Midwest union guy, but also he like caters to the right super hard. Like he came out against Joe Biden's like really bad student debt relief plan, you know, like because it was too much. He didn't want him to give any student debt relief. So like was definitely trying to court um, right wingers in this election. Yeah. So who else is he? I mean, because I don't know. Oh, Tim, Tim Ryan. Or no, no, no. J.D. Vance. Oh, J.D. Vance. Well, yeah, J.D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So J.D. Vance wrote. Um, his uh, memoir called Hillbilly Elegy, which was then turned into a Netflix movie and was considered, widely considered to be the worst movie of 2020. That is uh, most of the reviews of it you will find. I don't know if that's because the source material, I'm assuming it's because the source material also sucked, but, you know, um, who knows? <laughs> uh, but he's the one of these, you know, it's interesting because we uh, did an episode with Jody Dean about oppression of women throughout history and jd vance came up because she pointed out that one of the hallmarks of jd vance's uh policies is this idea of a family wage which is this idea that women should be in the home churning out babies not having the right to work men should be the primary breadwinners primary bread just like a christian idea of like a nuclear family like the men work the women stay at home and cook and clean and, and churn out babies and do child care and that the way the reason that has stopped is because women have been led into the workforce and abortion has been legalized and uh there's been equal pay for when there is an equal pay for women but there's the ability of women to become earners and breadwinners and that actually we need to go back and raise wages for men so that they can take care of their wives and they shouldn't be working at all and stuff like that so it's really like you know reactionary i hate to use like handmaid's tale uh uh metaphors but it's like that in that world of like see thinking of how society should be run so he's one of these he's a typical like trump weird far-right guy but that was kind of like a hallmark policy super anti-gay super anti-trans and you know sucks on you know of course every single issue but an extremist a right-wing extremist for sure uh matt walt is his name Matt Walsh, that crazy dude who made like What is a Woman yeah. documentary that everyone was like saying was actually good um, for some That's odd not. reason, even though he's like a rabid crazy person and actually audio came out of him endorsing like marrying like a 15 year old child a, definitely or something. A, also a pedophile. Yeah. I mean, really crazy shit came out and it was like, what is going on? But anyway, he, you know, he is viral, of course. Um in the right wing one he, too many pro pedophilia comments that have surfaced from him yeah yeah and he he wrote like mark my words like gender identity is going to be like the biggest issue driving voters right. and it's like i don't agree with you <laughs> like as much <laughs> as people try to fearmonger about trans right. people like because he went on the joe rogan show and 
grossly misstated the amount of trans kids who are on puberty blockers. Right. He said millions. millions. And it's really like 0.001% of, I mean, there's it's like, like tens of millions. Yeah, no, it's under a thousand trans kids. It's like so insignificant, the issue. It is so hyper inflated by these people and it's just completely meaningless and the only reason that it sticks at all is because people don't know trans people and it's just like the new black mm -hmm. person you know it's the new mm -hmm. gay fear um and it's it's really sad i mean i think it definitely is scaring people in like rural areas who somehow think that their kids are being indoctrinated by crt or whatever but in the grand scheme of things i think people are way more alarmed by the fact that their constitutional rights has been like stripped from them you know, like people who love freedom. We live in a country that loves to tout its constitution and stuff and it's like and civil rights. And it's like, yeah, you want do you want your uterus to be policed by like crazy religious people or mm -hmm. do you want the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want? And we know people like Herschel Walker, even though they talk a big talk at the end of the day, they will vie for that abortion right. for their mistress. Yeah. So anyway, Matt Walsh, I think, was. Proven wrong, but these people don't care about accountability. But anyway, um, getting back to yeah, Blake Masters is like gaining. He's he's losing. It's like oh, really Lord. close. Mark Kelly's the like former oh, astronaut that's, see, that's who has really the Senate bad. seat. Yeah, and so it's a shrinking. Kelly, the Democrat astronaut, yeah. has like a shrinking lead. Which actually, I feel like if you're an astronaut, you shouldn't go into politics just because it like kind of makes astronauts seem less cool. Like astronauts, like the coolest kind of person you can be and then to just be like oh i'm gonna be in like the senate it's just, just makes you seem typical lame. idiot being like oh i'm bored what oh i was an astronaut yeah, i guess just, i'll just be a politician if you're now. an astronaut you can just like be cool for the rest of your life and now he's a loser and he's going to be a figurative and literal loser because well, probably now, win, but anyways but i don't Masters know man is, okay so here's yeah. the thing peter thiel is part of the paypal so-called paypal mafia mm -hmm. he was like one of the co-founders of paypal he has really arisen recently as a huge political player backing a lot of these super PACs and hoisting up crazy like vulture capitalist people yeah. like J.D. Vance, Blake Masters. I mean, real fake cutout weird capitalist guys who like have no I mean, who are really out there, mm -hmm. really far out there politically, kind of like MAGA not even MAGA light. I mean, MAGA in a different way, though. Like what Joe Kent was one of these guys, too, right? Yeah. So let me. OK, so so what Peter Thiel did, I mean, he he basically it, J.D. Vance was a Peter Thiel cutout right. character. He he would have been nothing without Peter Thiel's backing. And he Peter Thiel donated. I mean, we're talking like 15 million dollars um, to groups supporting Blake Masters and the super back backing Vance. And um yeah, and Blake Masters is just this bizarre-looking dude who's – it's like <laughs> way more than, than – you know, at least Trump's MAGAism is like kind of ironic and funny in a weird way in terms of like rhetorically. This guy is like super fucking rabid. Like he'll go out there and be like the left needs – is like the most dangerous – I mean even though Trump says the same shit, this guy seems like evil. Right. Like way more evil and like um, – like – pointed like he knows exactly what he's doing he seems way more strategic and he um he was also in trump's transition team in 2016 he's also been part of the baseless proposition that it was you know the election maintains to be stolen it really trump is really the president he's like the juan guaido guy 
like basically right. saying like, nope, Trump is still the president two years into the presidency. Right. Um, and he's just he's you know, he's just one of these guys who just his whole campaign is based on defeating radical leftism. I mean, mm. it's just kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, he also oh, he, this is why he's especially significant and, and very much a cutout of the Thiel Foundation, because he was the president of the Thiel Foundation. Oh, OK. He was also the chief operating officer at Thiel Capital. Um, he's he's tweeted that progressivism is the most deadly virus we face. Mm. Um, what do you do you know, to the, a virus? The, yeah, right. The left is the enemy of everything that's good. And it's just it's just kind of a level of like fury that almost trumps Trump, which is hard to wrap your mm. mind around. You know, because like people like Marjorie Taylor Greene are almost like cartoonish spectacles of themselves. It's like hard to like, even though she's super fucking nuts and, you know, has these campaign videos of her shooting the word socialism with like a assault rifle and stuff. This guy like is truly fucking evil. Right. I mean, I don't think Marjorie Taylor Greene is not evil, but like he I, I feel like he can get shit done. Right. Like way more efficiently. Um, and it's really scary. So if he's – I'm not surprised that he's gaining ground considering that Carrie Lake is also gaining ground and Arizona right. you know, is batshit crazy sometimes. Right. So we could definitely see him taking the senator position, Carrie Lake taking the governor position. And what's also scary is that now – like if he becomes senator, he's going to be really powerful and be a hop, skip and a jump away from like just elevating and like right. rising his ranks to potentially right. be – a big power player. Um, but yeah, no, let me talk really quickly about Joe Kent too, because Joe Kent got defeated. Thank God. This was a guy that people like Tulsi Gabbard and even some, you know, anti-imperialist, so-called anti-imperialist people were out there promoting this guy. It was very strange because this guy is a class, like, look. Wait, is this the guy you sent me that his his picture on like election day was him with like a assault rifle no that was blake masters oh, with all the patches okay. on the ceiling oh yeah no. okay so this guy this is what's so so creepy about this this is a guy like when i say so-called anti-imperialist i mean people like tulsi gabbard right, right. she was promoting joe kent mm-hmm. and joe kent is another trump backed guy peter thiel backed guy and he was straight up a cia officer so when we're positing and making fun of p- people like Pete Buttigieg, mm-hmm. right, for possibly being like a spook, mm-hmm. like a total psyop this whole time to splinter all the shit, it's like, well, this guy really is outwardly CIA. And he's not like uh, Ray McGovern or Phil Agee where no. he's like, I'm a, I, I'm blowing the whistle on how bad the CIA is. No, he's like oh, very proud of it. He talks about it constantly. Right. He's just like, I am CIA. And it's like, okay, <laughs> hold the fuck on because to Isn't me- Isn't that uh, the deep state? <laughs> oh, ding, ding, ding. So why are we laundering him as an anti-imperialist? He because he said some good stuff about Ukraine and the need okay. to negotiate the Ukraine uh-huh. war. So somehow that usurps crazy fucking rhetoric about China, mm-hmm. saying Chi- we need to go to war with China essentially, vehemently anti-Palestinian, to the point where he was trying to get DSA like pro-Palestine students like expelled from college mm-hmm. campuses. Um, real, I mean, just look at his Twitter. It's nuts, dude. Like this guy is the worst of the worst of like neocon spook fest. And what's, it's just bizarre to be like, oh no, he's actually good on Ukraine. So that just, everything else doesn't matter. Also, he was going on Infowars constantly to stump for his campaign and like QAnon Recently. radio shows. Recently. Yeah. During the campaign to like promote post, his. Yeah. Post Sandy Hook. Post, yeah. 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 
very post Sandy Hook. So it's just crazy. Thank God he lost because he's just a total spook fest trying to like mm-hmm. jimmy his way into this weird like anti-establishmentism, which is totally fake and rotting people's brains and like the Tulsi Gabbard networks and all this stuff. So it's just super bizarre that that was even happening. Thank God he's at least out. But unfortunately, this Blake Masters guy could be um, could be winning. And yeah, the, Peter Thiel, at the end of the day, I mean, the investment did pay off for J.D. Vance, at least. Yeah, yeah. Got one out of five, I guess, of his can- sponsored candidates in there. Um, I wanted to share this story with you because some other, you know, like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene won re-election. But Lauren Boebert lost, which was hilarious because she's another extreme like super extremist freak you know one of these it's it's wild that these people are even in office it just says a lot about where america is at but um it it could have been a lot worse abby i didn't share the story with you before because i wanted to tell you about it real time um so one of the democratic party strategies in this midterm really freaked me out so i'll say i'll just preface this by saying what I'm about to explain was like a big gamble. It did work. So the Democratic Party did succeed in preventing all these Republican seats from being won. But the way that they did it was such an insane gamble. Let me read from this article in Time Magazine that came out today. Democrats says, quote, Democrats face criticism this year for investing nearly 19 million in the primary races, backing the most far-right Republican candidates against more mainstream Republicans. But their gamble appeared to pay off on election night. According to analysis by the Washington Post, Democrats intervened in 13 primary races to support more extreme right-wing Republicans in hopes that the Republican would be easier to defeat in the general election against a Democratic opponent. Of the six of those Republicans who... And then six of them, one out of the 13 far-right people they backed against moderate Republicans... Uh, six of them won the primary, but then lost in the general election. So the Democratic Party try, basically spent millions of dollars, $20 million, backing 13 fascists uh, in hopes that they would be easier to beat in the general election. And so there's this idea that, oh, this is a brilliant strategy because they were vindicated and all these guys actually ended up losing. But what if they fucking didn't? <laughs> what if they didn't? I mean, these people are like really batshit out there, like, like far right extremists. Any, I mean, this is so crazy. This is the Pied Piper strategy from the 2016 election all over again that we know from the DNC leaks that Hillary Clinton wanted to elevate Trump. Yeah. Because she thought he would be easiest to beat. Yeah. And, this and is these what races they, were close. And these this is close. what they learn. Yeah. After Marjorie Taylor Greene, after yeah. Lauren Boebert, yeah. after all these batshit crazy people. Yep. are elected that are literal QAnoners. Yep. This is what they're doing? Yeah. Thinking that this is going to strategically help them? This is like yeah. I mean you cannot I mean, it, make this up. It's like it worked but is how irresponsible is it to instead instead of just going like oh, we're just going to run an election on our issues and go against whoever the Republican nominee is to actually try to get the most extreme people and then barely eke out victories against all of them it's like you guys are fucking lucky that this worked because if it didn't it would be just so uh, it's it's so wild it's, you know that their messaging was all prepared to to blame the to punch left yeah, right you know if like they yeah. if they really got like huge bigly in trump's words <laughs> defeated um they would just blame the left anyway even though 
Biden did nothing remotely that could be like looked at as like huge left, you know, mm -hmm. anything that that remotely resembles like policies that are toward the left. Um, let's let's talk about DeSantis really quickly, um, because as you mentioned, Mike, Trump could make the big announcement November, what, 15th, that he is going to run. Mm -hmm. He's been stumping for these politicians all over the country. We know that, you know, people love Trump. He's a total cult leader and um, still has a mass movement behind him. And people, I mean, I, I think that he's really would be dumb to not capitalize on that. And I think that he will, unless he just really didn't. I mean, it's, it's hard to say because it's like, does he really even give a shit about running the country or is he just doing it for ego or whatever but i think that regardless he will run but mike he before we get into desantis and what it could mean for trump and vice versa um let's play that clip of trump's commentary you know after stumping for all these candidates he was doing an interview i forget with who uh -huh. can you introduce this clip and talk about it yeah so um this is like before election night this is trump on um I don't know what network this is. News Nation. Um, but anyways, you know, the election was important for Trump because he had thrown his weight behind a lot of these candidates rallying for them. Although all those rallies were really just for himself. But, you know, his excuse to do them was going and campaigning for these people. But if he had a strong showing on Election Day, meaning all the Trump endorsed people won, that would be a huge referendum on Trump's power and that it would set him up for, you know, a week from now announcing his run for president with a lot more fanfare and all that. Anyways, here is him being asked if he deserves credit. Uh, for the wins that may be coming. Like I said, this is the day before the election. You've endorsed more than 330 candidates this yeah. election cycle. Uh, tonight, win or lose, the results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, <laughs> I should not be blamed at all. <laughs> it would probably be just the opposite. Uh, when they win, I think they're going to do very well. I'll probably be given very little credit, even though in many cases I told people to run and they ran and they turned out to be very good candidates. You know, they've turned out to be very good candidates. Uh, but usually what would happen is uh, when they do well, I won't be given any credit. And if they do badly, they will blame everything on me. So I'm prepared for anything, but we'll defend ourselves. I just want to play it again. <laughs> just the first part, because it's so funny. Uh, tonight, win or lose, the results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blamed at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, oh is man. so funny? I know. That, that's the thing. You can't parody this dude. Um, I mean, well, what do you even say about that? <laughs> I mean, so it does. Apparently, he's freaking out, and he even threw his wife under the bus. Uh, he said that the only reason he backed Dr. Oz, who was defeated by Fetterman, which you know I think people are treating as like a big progressive victory, which uh, Dr. Oz is horrible. Fetterman seems, um, to me, I mean, I I don't like the, I don't like these people anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't Obama like stumped guy. for him. So how? Yeah, good I don't could fucking he be? like this guy. I mean. I can't. I just can't get excited. I mean, yeah, no. he's a large guy. That's cool. <laughs> There's going to be this like big guy with like a chin beard and and Senate. You know, I guess that's interesting. But he's that horrible on Palestine, yeah. which is important. And I don't know, man. He's just a 
he's just another one of these guys. I mean, he looks doesn't look the part. But yeah, I saw someone saying is. like his big, powerful speech, um, promising to take down corporate corruption, and I was just mm-hmm. like, ooh. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to see that happen. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't really know anything about him, but yeah, all I know is that Obama went yeah, out there. It's not, nothing, nothing's the campaign. Happen. Nothing's for that, gonna dude. happen, But yeah, it is funny that a Fox News host, Doctor, I mean, who God knows how much money he threw into the race, Doctor Oz. <laughs> yeah, what a loser. Yeah. Like um, uh, can I play another clip for you that I found? That's just yeah, of course. Uh, this is a Fox News one, and this is them lamenting that they didn't have the red tide. It's twenty eight seconds, and that the line I really want you to hear is at the end. But it's just a guy talking about. Why? Which is pretty, which is kind of true, but the word language he uses at the end is just very characteristic of Fox. You have the best example, Michigan, unbelievable state house flips, state senate flips. Six months ago, you would have written uh, off pre Dobbs. She wins handily. Um, in five states, had abortion referendums, including my home state of Montana. All of them passed. I mean, this abortion is becoming the issue that's driving turnout. Last night, exit polls. You guys talked about it earlier. Democrats win independence in a non-presidential year. Just no poll saw that coming. And it was because these women just went crazy. You had <laughs> <laughs> These women just went crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Bitches mean, be crazy. Yeah. Uh, Bitches lost their mind. Sounds like a true ex-husband right there. Um, yeah. Who was that? Herschel Walker? Just no, some, that's way more coherent talking head on Fox News. Herschel Walker. But yeah, I mean, that is, there is truth to that, that it's, it was that issue that caused it. Like an upset for the Republicans, even though they still they still won. <laughs> um, they just didn't have the blowout uh, that they wanted. But you know, another thing that I think is an important nuts. revelation from this election is that across the board, you just can't trust pollsters anymore. All these fucking polling companies. The if that wasn't apparent after twenty sixteen, yeah, this twenty sixteen, twenty twenty, and now twenty twenty two, all the projections were just way off. And, and in key demographics, like they're these institutions that are supposed to be the, to be able to look into the crystal ball and determine how things are going to go, they're just completely inaccurate and off. And you just can't depend well, on I them think... anymore. It's like a kind of a interesting thing. I mean, it shows how interesting things are right now because the way that pollsters were able to be accurate in the past is because you could glean where people are going to go based on small sample sizes and stuff like that. But you really you can't anymore. And so that's like, why do we even yeah, I wonder if interview because... these? Why are these people even on to the news anymore? The like 538 and who's that other guy that, Oh yeah. Nate Silver, the Nate Silvers of the world. Uh, yeah. What I think is helping to drive the uncertainty of these pollster predictions is the fact that like a lot of them are still done via landline, mm-hmm. you know? And like who, I mean, I, I never get calls, asking me about election stuff on my cell phone possibly they have acquired like cell phones on the call logs now but it's like it's just funny i feel like whoever they are polling does do not reflect you know mm-hmm. who's actually voting but who knows um but back to the trump desantis thing yeah i mean it's a huge i think the biggest problem for trump is not so much that his candidates lost because some of them did win and someone in the chat just said Joe Kent could still win, Ooh. by the way. He's only three points below the woman. It's in Washington, and so who knows oh, what the shit. mail about. Yeah, so that's not good. A, a spook in Washington. Who could have Who could have predicted right. an actual spook? Is there many? There's not many of them, huh? Not many. Usually no, no, no. Washington CIA. District. District of Columbia. No. Oh, right. 
Yeah, yeah. I just I mean, how many ex-CIA are like in government? Oh, a lot. I mean, I, well, that's the thing is there was a lot of ex-CIA Democratic right, politicians right, actually right, right. like running. Yeah. And that was really creepy. But but I mean, like everyone in fucking Washington is essentially a spook. True. So it's just funny that this guy. That's true. It's just funny that this guy is like huh. just out and out, out and out. Um, very creepy stuff. But yeah, so I think that the reason that Trump's probably the most pissed is the accolades that DeSantis is getting. Because he had the strong showing. He had a strong showing. Yes, of course, it was slated that he would take Florida, obviously. He was running against a Republican who switched to be a Democrat. Also. Oh, so it's like a Christ. Rick Caruso. Yeah, basically. Very cool. Um, I think that, you know, I, I've always said, oh, DeSantis is going to get crushed by Trump in the primary if they do run against each other. But it does look iffy because DeSantis had a different stance on COVID. I mean, remember yeah. Trump coming mm -hmm. out uh, before he was pr pushing the vaccines. He was pushing. I don't think that he was pushing mandates because I don't think that was really like the issue when COVID first started. He was but just pro-vaccine. I mean, he was totally pro-vaccine. Yeah. He's he anti-every other COVID. Yeah. Measure. But he was going around stumping for the vaccine because yeah, he wanted to he take credit <laughs> for the vaccine. And so DeSantis and him really um, differ on that issue. And it really like and, and you see a lot of. I mean, it even caused Alex Jones to turn on Trump. I mean, I was listening to yeah. I was listening to that show Knowledge Fight, which goes mm -hmm. through Alex Jones stuff. And the recent clip of Alex Jones, he's like, I love Trump, but I got to just say the forced vaccination. He's like, I have to side with DeSantis and I'm not going to try to pick, but I'm going to pick DeSantis is basically what. Which is even more interesting that Alex Jones said that, because at yeah. least you could argue that Trump was claiming to be anti-war. If, if you're looking just rhetorically right. speaking, which obviously we've done extensive work to debunk all of this, but like Trump still painted himself as an outsider, painted himself as fighting the deep state. DeSantis is a died in the wool neocon mm -hmm. um former gitmo torturer um crazy ass lunatic like john bolton he was style. uh not the torturer he was oh the, sorry he was the legal cover for oh sorry yeah he was the he was like the john you at gitmo yeah. <laughs> um but no he, he i mean he's totally insane neocon who wants to overthrow every remotely socialist project i mean as latin america continues to have like a red slash pink tide resurgence this guy wants to completely like do old school cold war um regime change all across latin america and so it's fascinating it's fascinating to see that he is getting support from people like alex jones who claims mm -hmm. to fight the deep state you know at least you could say rhetorically trump was pretending to do that um which is just cartoonishly laughable anyway but it's just funny like desantis is totally generic yeah and, and and i think that's part of the op too like the fact that liber what's very strange well he's big on the like the culture war shit that's what so, i was gonna say yeah, yeah the crt stuff the anti, he's, he's, yep. like florida has passed some really horrific anti-trans stuff in schools um of course it his anti-bds stuff it's illegal to criticize israel if you have any public job contracting job in florida he received 60 percent of the vote and the reason that it's such a victory for him is because he won a lot of districts that were biden districts mm -hmm. that went biden in in the 2020 election so, and so that as like a that is like an indicator of how he can defeat biden if he won over all these biden districts to him and so that's why i think it's the big victory in this election was desantis and proving his uh his his ability to proving his medal for the, the 2024 election. Yeah. And I mean, a weird phenomenon has been happening where you saw a lot of libertarians um, becoming kind of MAGA coalesce with MAGA mm. 
the MAGA movement during Trump because they just believe rhetoric at total face value, which is very strange. Like Rand Paul, you know, for example, just total like douche, you know, farce dude who like campaigned for Trump and said he was like the, the most anti-war president in history, like really weird stuff, you know. But what's weird now is you see a lot of libertarians shifting over to merge with DeSantis because of the COVID stuff. And it is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out once Trump throws his hat in the ring because it's not going to be good either way, right? I think if Trump and DeSantis both run, yeah, they're going to take votes from each other. But at the end of the day, one of them is going to win, yeah. I think. And I have, I'm going to predict it right now. They will take the presidency, whoever it will be, Trump mm. or DeSantis, they will take the Ooh, presidency a prediction. in 2024. Um, how could they not? Like, by, I mean, think about it. Who's going to run? Kamala? Like she is the oh, most you mean unpopular. if Biden can't, you think Biden won't be able to run? Oh, right, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, did it? Was he was he born after the invention of the chocolate chip cookie? Uh, or is it he's just not Chuck that Grassley? old. He was born the same year as the chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same age. <laughs> um, but it's like kind of bad either way. It's like one of them is going to be I feel like DeSantis dude. like DeSantis like can dominate in Florida but does he have the same Does he have the same right I haven't really heard yeah it's like Trump has this certain charisma that sticks as they like want a cult people leader. that talk like like psychos yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. woman in Arizona and, yeah. and Marjorie Taylor Greene I mean I don't know I mean that seems to be the Republican base right now is that the extremist type stuff um but who knows i mean right it's going to be really maybe a DeSantis is is the kind that can win over enough democrats to you know, compensate for that or whatever. But who knows, man? Uh, Trump have re unveiled his nickname for DeSantis because you know it's on when when uh, what? What? when what? you get a nickname, um, Ron DeSanctimonious. That's a bad one. And he called him also Ron Dehumanized DeSantis. I think that's a really bad one. Trump, you're one. lackluster. What what happened? DeSanctimony. What is sanctimonious even? Like mean? um, like uh, prideful, I guess, or like um. Wow, yeah. Arrogant? Wow, good job. Uh, making a show of being morally superior to other people. Uh, yeah, that was that was better. Um, I, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's going to be, like, very disturbing either way because I just, I hate them both. But I think DeSantis is almost, like, it's creepy because he's, there's some sort of op going on. My brother and I have talked about this on Media Roots Radio. There's some sort of op going on to launder the MAGA movement into this DeSantis realm where it's all masked under like CRT and like the COVID stuff. But really it's like he is just a straight up neocon and somehow right. he's been able to ab absorb this bounce, this like Trump energy, even though it's like there's nothing remotely outsider-ish about this dude. He is just a straight up – yeah through and through neocon who has like again it's like kind of like the blake masters thing like he is maniacal and he is purposeful you know like he is i'll uh i'll be doing a deep dive into his military record soon so stay tuned for that but not Ooh, today that's some coming stuff up. in the bag yeah we, mike has that. some stuff in the bag um he's got the perfect head i say it people say oh that's not a nice way shifty adam shift right <laughs> he's not a dummy but a total fraud. Now, you know what this represents? Watermelon head. So I said watermelon head. What the fuck? Watermelon head. Is this said, like an AI? Thing. I said, this guy. 
Wait, wait, is this an AI? I feel no, like this is like fake. Wait, did no, you did you, wait play the clip? Play the clip of Trump almost doing a racist Chinese caricature, and then oh. he was like, he was like, I want to play. He was like, I have a voice for him, but for I don't want to do it right now. Uh. Um, okay, while you're finding that, uh, there were some really interesting things that that were passed, Mike. You know, marijuana reform or like mm-hmm. marijuana legalization mushroom legalization stuff like that i forget what states did that but like it's pretty crazy when you look at the rest of the world you know we were just in japan and you can just be like put in a black box if you like smoke a joint mm-hmm. so i mean that that is a really interesting thing happening in this country um that is very encouraging i guess but what's fascinating is like that could happen where someone you know, some crazed right winger can still like win political office and then you can still have people being like, we want weed to be legal. It's kind of like just an interesting, interesting kind of dichotomous shift um, where you don't really know where people are at. <laughs> it's right. like it could go, it's all over the place, but very cool stuff happening on the decriminalization front mm-hmm. of weed and drugs um, a lot of cool stuff happening in terms of a denunciation of just the abortion ban. I mean, places like Montana, like that guy just said yeah. in the clip, Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky, which you would really expect would be full force. Like, yeah, fuck it. Um, they rejected an abortion ban. And I think that when you look at the demographics of the country and what we've been told, what, what's been forced down our throats is like, you know, abortion is evil and killing babies and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that it's just hijacked by this very minority group of religious extremists and pretended like it's mainstream, you know, like so many issues are. But when you really look at the demographics of the country and the polling, it, the vast majority, like over 60, 65 percent supported Roe v. Wade. Right. So I think that that was um, that yeah, was I mean, solidified. That's in this the election. thing for like for the Republicans to do so well as well as they did, it's like their views are unpopular in the country. And it's just like it's the setup of our system is such that even if they have unpopular views, they still somehow have all this power. How dare you, Mike? You're you're undemocratic. You're saying that the senators from like rural places shouldn't have as much power as like a person right. representing like a yeah. hundred million people. I am you that. hate democracy. <laughs> You're saying that the Electoral College shouldn't exist. You hate democracy. American, American democracy. And you know what's sad? Democracy wasn't the, one of the main issues that people were talking about of why what drove them out to vote, Mike. As much as the Democrats messaged that democracy is the election. Is that on the, the numbers in these exits do not line up with what we were seeing in the polling data going into this election about what people cared about and the order in which they ranked it. So we have had a lot of questions throughout this time about new voters, people that hadn't been in there before that were perhaps not getting captured by the polling. So maybe this is a sign that we're going to see a little bit more of that tonight than we expected. We obviously don't know yet. And you know what's missing from this one, two, three, four, five, top five issues? Democracy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not oh, even- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the exit polls show that people don't care about democracy? It's like, well, it's like, are, are you, you voting? Surprised are you voting it? for a dictatorship or democracy? Was there right. like a tr- like, like, yeah, a- maybe there are uh, other issues that people are like, I want to go vote for 
democracy or you want to go vote for like a better economy or abortion rights, stuff like that. It's like they're all sub- – uh, this is a CNN. I mean honestly, Mike – Being all shocked at the exit polls that the number one thing wasn't like January 6th. That the basically. messaging from yeah. their very like unwatched networks wasn't resonating with working class people who are like living under 15 percent inflation, you know? Um, I mean I'm honestly looking back at the election and even though it's still coming in, the results are coming in and I guess anything could happen – with these races that are still undecided. But what's crazy to me is like, I actually By the am way, surprised that Democrats eked out better results than they were anticipating, given the state of Biden's presidency. Uh-huh. I really am. And and I, I really am surprised yeah. that people were inspired enough yeah. to take abortion to the, like, were that upset. Yeah, that's to, the like, thing. Like it is, there was something positive in the sense that it did show when there was the poise to be a huge Republican victory. There was a poise to be a huge red wave that this kind of unaccounted for mass of voters who um, in large part care about abortion rights came out to over to compensate for the fact that the Republicans had such an upper hand. Because Biden, I mean, and it was no thanks to Biden. No thanks any, to Biden anything at that all. he's done. Yeah, right. No, because it actually it's just hurt, sad. It actually hurt them. Yeah. So it's, it's like it's long. So those are that is the base of the population that can be captured into a mass movement for abortion rights. I mean, all the people that came out and felt that it was important to vote in spite of the fact that they don't like the incumbent and whatever. It's like they those there there is such a potential for mass movement in this country, and and that showed it. Um, and I think also what it shows is that the elections are not are not what we should be having our faith in but this, they can sometimes be indicators of where people are at and so it is a positive indication of where people are at the fact that the republican blowout that they were expecting which is anti-abortion anti-trans like all that culture war bullshit that it, it kind of you know it kind of blew up in their faces because they did focus on all that stuff they definitely focus on all that shit for the election and it didn't seem to work the things that they feel are like the most important issues that- yeah i saw like mike cernovich be like like w- the whole message from Republicans was like crime and like filth. And he was like, and I guess we just, people just want that. They just want to live in filth and just, and just be outrun by criminals. It's by like, the way, I'm looking at this picture yeah. of Blake Masters that you sent me, which is he done or is he potentially, Oh, he's the one that's running against the astronaut. No, none of these. I mean, apparently none of these people are done, which so is really creepy. But his picture of him is he's in the driver's seat of his car that he posted on election day and next to him is an assault rifle that is so fucking decked out. It has a, a flash suppressor on it, like a silencer flash suppressor. So people can't see where your muzzle flash is laser sight. It's like locked in, like how cops have it, like in a, like a holder in their car. So it's like next to him in the, in the driver's seat, like he's driving around, like he's in Iraq or something. And then his patches on his ceiling of his car, which are in the frame, it's like not just police stuff, but police from other places in Europe. German police badge. So uh, he's just a cop. UK admirer. police badge. His hobby yeah. is just liking cops and liking collecting badges cops. from. That's interesting. Yeah. So he's a globalist. <laughs> Wherever you're from, if you're a cop, it doesn't matter where you're from. I love. It. Well, I mean, it, if you're a white cop, apparently, based on the police badges on his roof, it's all. It's all European. Yeah, and you know how people like uh, Pete. I keep bringing up Spooky Buttigieg, but remember how he was just like this gun that I used in Afghanistan. Oh, he was like, "This is meant to." Ki-. He's like, "This shouldn't be on the streets of America." Like in the wake of like mass shootings, he'll say stuff like that. Blake Masters was like, "Yeah, this gun's meant to kill people," and you're like, "Wait, but you're not 
saying that that's bad. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the opposite yeah, of yeah. Pete Buttigieg. You're like, wait, where are you going right. with this? Like, right. <laughs> it's super- No, he actually has come out and said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about just some other positive things that happen other than the abortion referendums. Uh, Minneapolis, Mike, an interesting thing happened in Minneapolis. Mm. The first prosecutor race since George Floyd's murder mm. and the eruption of the Black Lives Matter really, you know, movement taking over. I know it was existed before then, but like we really saw the eruption of the mass movement across the country. A public defender won against an anti-defund the police candidate, which is a big moment, you know, mm-hmm. especially because of all the narrative about rioting, burning down the city and the crime and blah, blah, blah. Um, there was still a push for accountability and reform in the mm-hmm. hub of where Black Lives Matter originated from. Mm-hmm. Minimum wage increase in Nebraska. This shows you how popular these ideas are. Mm -hmm. Working class referendums that benefit poor people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minimum wage, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was eight or nine dollars an hour in Nebraska. And now it's proposed to be 20. I'm sorry. I wish fifteen dollars an hour. um, I think 2029 is when that implementation is supposed to happen by, which is huge. I mean, the fact that it's being done in Nebraska, it just 90% shows you white to that state. That's 90%. huge. I mean, this is this is a huge. This is just a huge crushing of the narrative that, like, you know, this is some sort of bad policy that's going to hurt business owners. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a, a totally just n- no brainer. Mm-hmm. The minimum wage is too damn low, and you can't afford any two bedroom apartment. Is it one bedroom or two bedroom? I wouldn't be surprised if it's one bedroom um, across the entire country. Yeah, there's nowhere. Wage. Yeah, there's nowhere you can live nowhere. alone on minimum. Wage. Literally nowhere you that you can live. You have income. to shack up with someone, or you have to have two jobs. And so I think that I mean, who wants to live like this? This mm-hmm. country is falling apart. Um, people are not getting paid enough. It's a basic human response to want to get paid more for your labor dude like a fucking coffee costs eight dollars it's an insult that people are working for an hour straight and making eight or nine dollars an hour in places like nebraska and so it's about time i think it really shows that these are popular policies that need to be implemented widespread countrywide um biden should take this even though he won't as a sign to do this push this forward Mm -hmm. right yeah push forward the $15 an hour minimum wage federally and make that a huge issue and slogan. And, you know, I think the student debt relief thing was also something that a lot of Gen Z people came out and said that they were voting because of, Mm -hmm. that they were happy that some of their student debt got relieved. And what do you know? When you have (laughs) tangible policies that help people have a leg up in society, they will respond. Yeah, and you know, two of, the, two of the Democrats in the Midwest who lost seats to Republicans had both come out against debt forgiveness, the Biden's debt forgiveness, to try to win over Republicans and end up losing anyway. I mean, not to say that they would have so won if insane, they backed dude. it, but like, you know, you never know. Um, currently, uh, oh yeah, another thing that was a, I guess this is a bad news one, but another significant thing that happened is the Supreme Court in North Carolina got switched to be all like Republican judges, which is just bad for really important gerrymandering and civil rights uh, litigations that are pending in the state that the Supreme Court is going to rule on. So um, that's another thing that I saw that was concerning. Right now, Carrie Lake in Arizona down by 4,000 votes, but there's like 400,000 left to count. So 
Um, look in the chat, Mike. I want you to see where we are because I want to talk a little bit about LA. Um, or not in the chat. Look in my doc. Sorry, my mm. bad. Um, look in my doc, baby. Rick Caruso, the guy that was beloved by. Unfortunately, I can't. Sorry, I was just responding to you in the chat. Um, in the doc. So Rick Caruso, he was a Republican until what 2016 or 2019 very late in the game right funding huge anti-abortion organizations really just total run-of-the-mill republican guy um business owner you know one of these guys he owns, he owns the grove yeah. in la which for, it's like a really bougie outdoor mm -hmm. mall mm -hmm. owns the grove uh just total vulture capitalist guy i mean why not just try to buy your way into he's a billionaire right he's a billionaire yeah he spent a hundred million dollars a hundred million dollars to win the mayor of los angeles and really like how much power do you really have as mayor you I mean, know he switched yeah la mayor doesn't have a lot of power but um there's a strong city council weak mayor system Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's a lot to spend it's a lot, on a mayoral right? race. Right? A lot to spend on a mayoral race. And, and he like paid all these celebrities to endorse him, like Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow, and... Chris Pratt, the Mario. <laughs> well, he probably didn't have dude. to get paid. That guy's a right wing. No, yeah, guy. that guy's a loser. But yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow, the one who endorsed the or orgasmic meditation cult. People check that out, Orgasm Inc. on Netflix while it's still up before the cult yeah. takes it down. But yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow is just such a... Uh, gullible idiot you know i mean the fact that she's running this new age foundation and like endorses things like orgasm inc and om meditation and rick caruso it's like what the fuck is wrong with you um katy perry katy perry katy perry who literally stumped for hillary because and like her feminism and abortion and she's been all out there on her social media being like abortion 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 and then she endorses a billionaire who was anti-abortion until like two years ago yeah. Right. Well, he's still anti-abortion. He's just now switched over to be a Democrat, yeah, right. but it's like all hidden. Right. He's tried yeah. to scrub the Internet. Um, yeah. So it's just crazy. It's like and what what what's funny about it is that apparently all these celebrities or a lot of them, Katy Perry and I'm not sure who else, they have like pop ups at the Grove. So they actually like are, oh, are to working with Rick Caruso. <laughs> right. Prior some to some capacity. The, yeah. Right. But yeah, it's super crazy. I thought that it would be a blowout. I thought that, you know, Angelinos are so left that mm -hmm. Los Angeles had one of the biggest blowouts for Bernie in the entire country, if not the biggest show mm -hmm. for Bernie, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about a very significantly liberal left demographic. Obviously, um, a lot of minorities, a lot of like very Latino based and so it's just interesting to see Rick Caruso even doing as well as he is, where he actually might win. Right now, he's in the lead. Yeah. Right now, he's in the lead. Let me, do you have the latest? No, I, I just I saw it before we got on, and he was leading, and I was pretty shocked. I mean, during the primary, he did lose to Karen Bass by eight points, I think, and it was neck and neck up oh, until yeah, He's winning by 13,000 votes mm -hmm. right now. And 44% of the votes are in. So, you know, still a bit to go, but it's leading right now. Yeah, no, it's just really it's just really surreal to see that he could win the mayor. Just buying a, a mayor. A buy, just it's literally just buying, buying it. it. It's like, yeah, 
It's just it's like he would not be close at all if he didn't spend one hundred million dollars. Oh, and you know who else endorsed him? Elon Musk. Oh, there you go. Well, that's all you need to know. Elon Musk. Remember when people called him a renegade billionaire and then he became a pathetic loser MAGA (laughs) reply guy who's just replying to Ian Miles Chung, Cernovich and Matt Walsh and then basically said, you know what? He was like, I'm really politically independent and very smart. He's like, but everyone should vote Republican (laughs) and vote for Rick Caruso. It's like, okay. Um, So let's. Let's take some calls before we wrap this oh, up. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, oh, wait, wait, wait. before we what? do, there is, you know, the city council race, like you said, strong city council, weak mayor. There is something yeah. interesting that could happen if people listen to our Empire Files podcast about the city council racist scandal with the Democratic politicians who were sitting on city council, where these leaked audio tapes came out showing that they were very racist and um, just r- shockingly so. And the city council president stepped down, Nuri Martinez. And so anyway, there's um, several interesting races that are being decided right now. Kenneth Mejia, um, is he the comptroller? Controller. Controller. He won with a resounding victory. That's a big one because the Israel lobby was had banners all over town, billboards saying, you know, what is his stance on Israel? All this crazy stuff. Which, does that have anything to do with your job as controller? No, I mean, crazy. I don't even know what that a city controller is. I mean, I, I mean... I saw Kenneth Mejia's had a couple billboards talking about just the outrageous spending on police. Uh-huh. And so I think that, yes, I think that there will be some sort of oversight on how much, you know, how much money is just thrown at disproportionate, you know, police spending versus like homelessness and stuff like that. But yeah, city council races could be really interesting here because it could be like three DSA endorsed candidates who mm-hmm. are going to be sitting in city council, which could mean a lot and I mean, a controller look at, and a controller so when so, la has a very strong like city council can do more than the mayor they can do a lot and if you look at someone like shama sawant who's obviously more explicitly socialist but like she has made so many waves right and just her mm-hmm. winning the first socialist um political seat in like 100 years or something in this country was a big a big show of force and kind of resurrected a lot and so the fact that these dsa strong candidates can win the LA City Council, I think, Mm -hmm. is a a huge, could be a huge upset. And, you know, Los Angeles has a lot of power with the rest of the country, a lot of power over California, and it's, what, the second largest city in the country. So stay tuned for the results on that. Fifth largest economy in the world, LA. If it was a country, it'd be the fifth richest country. Yep, there you go. All right, call time. Uh, We're going to mix it up. And I'm just going to pick a random person. Karthik, where are you calling from? Unmute yourself, please. Uh, hey, guys. I was not prepared to talk so early. Uh, so Sorry. <laughs> hope you like That's my why I did Halloween it. costume. Uh, I, I saw yours on Twitter. What is I it? Can... I can't see your Avi. Oh, you can't see my picture? I see like a it's like too small. A faint pumpkin, like evil pumpkin. Is it's that too oh, small? Is, is my picture too fuzzy? Is it too hazy? No, it's just too small. Yeah. I can't like enlarge it. Okay, wow, it's a bit of red, that problem. Okay. I well, see a black was, outfit and a red face. Yeah, tell us is what it, it is. Okay, so it's like a um so I'm wearing like a like a like a Catholic priest robe over it. But I, I have like a purge style mask. Oh um, nice. So I, I just call myself a satanic priest because like I I don't know if you've ever seen the the Disney Robin Hood uh movie, like the fox, one with the foxes. But so no. Robin Hood has a friend who's like a Catholic priest in it. And so I was watching it a few months ago, and that's where I got the idea. 
Nice. Yeah, I like I, got, it. I like, like the really ingenuity. Cheap. I bought Very it cool. Summer, so it was super cheap. Did you scare um, the shit out of little kids walking around in that outfit? I scared the shit out of a couple of people, and um, it's it was cool because I started to wear it like a few weeks before like uh, Halloween, and just to like, get like a <laughs> what? I guess. <laughs> And yeah, and wherever you go, you're definitely the uh, focus of attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were. People were like, uh. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice because like masks like give you confidence or whatever, so you, so you can like act like bolder, I guess. But um, uh uh-huh. But yeah, so um, rob a bank. No, no, definitely not that. So I know you've been a mom for a little while. So um, congrats on that. Thank you very much. And um, it looks like you're pregnant again. If you're not, I'm sorry. That no, I am. That. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank okay. you. Yeah, I want to congratulate you on that. Um, so, uh, so what? What do you think of the? Uh, I I know you all understand this, but what 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 are your thoughts on the mayor race between Karen Bass and Rick Cruz? Because I live in Orange County, so I live close mm-hmm. to LA. I think it's just wild that this guy could just buy let's pour a hundred million dollars into a race like that and actually get all these celebrities to back him you know and then to actually win i mean the thing is karen bass is so horrible that it's like not surprising um she's basically a a rick caruso light i mean people who are rich and wealthy and who and who spend a lot of money in la and who, who wield a lot of influence they are driving around in their giant cars and limousines and just seeing like homelessness on the rise trash all over the streets and they're just like this city's a dystopian hellhole like we need change and i've seen a lot of people who have huge audiences who are you know these people are like massively influential you know they have fucking millions of followers i i saw that it was disappointing um and yeah i think that that i think it just plays into that like it's just the whole we want to reject the status quoism, but then we're willing to embrace some guy who's just a straight up, you know, billionaire vulture capitalist who's possibly going to demonize these people even more. Um, I don't really know what Rick Caruso's plan is on homelessness. I'm assuming it's the whole like put them out by the airport in mm-hmm. a giant oh, like, concentration I, I camp. Platform on his what website. is it? What is it? So. So I, I, I know like, like a bunch of like, it seems like, like every politician in California, like whether it's like the state level offices or even like big cities like Bay Area or LA, we all say, oh, we have a great plan for homelessness. But on his website, Recruiter's website, he, he doesn't even say that. He says he's going to end street homelessness. So I mean, like, huh. we're, we're, we're not going to be able to get in. I guess, You'll like, be homeless in a jail. <laughs> like, oh, like, I, I feel like if we, if, Cause like I, I think what you one thing that you could do with like it's like a temporary fix is just put like people in hotels, which mm-hmm. I'd say is better than shelters. But he 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 doesn't even say that on his uh, platform on his website. Yeah, I wonder if he's gonna ship him out of state like uh, Giuliani did, right? Or like euthanize them? Right. Um, oh, I, I, like he I did I with the pigeons. Giuliani did with the pigeons. Yeah, he did. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, didn't Giuliani like do like a mass um, pigeon extermination? Yeah. I'm not aware of that. But. Or maybe it was geese. But um, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, I mean, he might just send all the homeless people to Martha's Vineyard. Show the liberals what what they support, Mike. Um, hold on. I got a... Oh, Giuliani orders spraying of... What's that? Uh, you, you, you didn't support DeSantis' stunt a few weeks ago with the migrants? <laughs> You mean what the yeah like what's funny is that he, Ron DeSantis wasn't even original with that he did what the 
what the anti-civil rights people did in like the 60s where they just shipped a bunch of black people to Martha's Vineyard and they were like, see, this is what you support. Yeah. You want it in your yeah. backyard? Right, it was like, right. It was a complete kind of copy from like the KKK that the immigration's done. Um, no, but it's it's crazy, Karthik. I don't know what's going to happen with the mayor race. I don't – I'm not invested either way, but it just – it is creepy that some dude can just come in and – um, just you, you know, I mean, that's the oligarchy we live in though. You know, it's like we straight up live in an oligarchy. So why are we surprised? And but- yeah, I didn't mention this earlier, but the elect, this midterm election set records for money spent. It was about $17 billion was spent on the midterm elections, which is a, a new record. I don't know if that counts Rick Caruso's and he tipped it over. <laughs> even so it's like, that's just a point one, you know, in this, you know, 16.7 uh, billion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. um, Karthik, thanks for your call. Get that mask um, off. Stop scaring the yeah, kids every time, dude. Put the Santa I, I beard on. Is, uh, I, I know this is bad, but I kind of want Herschel Walker to win just because it'll be funny. <laughs> I mean, it, it it definitely will be fucking bizarre. Yeah, I mean, why not just like, get it more bizarre? And he seems even less competent than like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene or uh, Lauren Bobbert. Like, oh, no, absolutely. Less so than them. Like, he seems a lot less scary. He just seems like funny. Like, he's not even scary to me. I mean, he's like mentally unwell. Like, it's like really bizarre that he can even get as far as he. Oh, right, he probably did. has like really bad CT. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's super weird. Okay, Halloween's over, Karthik. Take that damn mask off and get ready for Santa time. Get ready you dress for up the same. You can dude. you can have the same effect. Of confidence behind a mask with a Santa beard and hat on. Thanks for your call, man. Thanks. Bye. Uh, we're gonna take Hillary next. Hillary, are you there? And unmute yourself and say where you're calling from, please. Hello. By the way, Ab- hey. Hey. Hey, calling from uh, Virginia. So a few things. Cool. Yeah. Um, I work for the state in elections, and I think you're totally right, Abby. Um, they don't, Democrats, Republicans, they don't give a shit about our election infrastructure in our democracy. And so I think it's extra um I don't know, ironic, funny that Biden and the Democrats were so worried about democracy because materially <laughs> it's like they don't give a shit. And here in Virginia, Youngkin is in charge now. And so the Democrats are throwing all of us under the bus. We've been working here mm-hmm. for, you know, I've worked there for four years now. So it's like, come on, it's it's really bad. Um, so I don't know where we go from here on, on the elections, technology, infrastructure. Um, what did you see happen in Virginia with this midterm infrastructurally and also like the victories? Well, we just came out of redistricting and Mm -hmm. that was a nightmare, um, doing that. And that impacted so many things. Um, they last minute put in a budget amendment that we had to send out voter notices and our vendor printer messed it up. And then so all the Democrats were basically on us saying, you know, voter misinformation. No, you don't fund the government. You don't care <laughs> about state government. It's your fucking fault. And so that that was the worst, I think, is they're, it, it, they voted for a budget amendment and then they just don't even talk about it. it you know, it's the Democrats MO, of course. And that mm-hmm. kind of goes back to the Pied Piper strategy. You know, again, they care about democracy, but they're going to do something so irresponsible and and allow these crazy fascists to win. Yeah. So, you know, I think also we got to think about as well is, you know, why are the Democrats so happy about losing 
probably both chambers. <laughs> Boom. Um, well, they've spent the most money ever. It's like the best right. money laundering scheme out there. And now they don't have to get anything done because they can blame it on the Republicans being in power. So it's it's a win-win yeah. for them. Yeah. No, you're right. It's like a relief almost. Yeah, it is. It is. And so I guess my, my other question, my, my main question um, was, I think the silver lining in this is the referendum state by state. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, the mushrooms in Colorado and the, the labor rights in Illinois, abortion rights. I mean, it goes on and on, of course, weed legalization. And it looks like the Democrats won really big um, in those states. And so I think it's less about the person like Bennett mm. or Whitmer and more about people coming out and actually voting on policies. And so I was wondering what you you thought about that and if that gives us kind of any hope. And then also, if you look at Fetterman versus Tim Ryan. I mean, Tim Ryan went crazy um, saying J.D. Vance, you know, was pro Putin and all of this stuff. Fetterman, of course, is not much better um, in -hmm. terms of foreign policy, but he didn't really run on that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if that, you know, of course, nobody really ran a good foreign policy campaign, but... Mm -hmm listening to voters talking to people in my community if people are very much angry about ukraine russia Hmm. the money going to ukraine the the no oversight and so i'm wondering if that had anything to do with tim ryan's loss uh i want to think so but maybe i'm just being too hopeful I think you have two great points. I mean, one is the fact that this foreign policy issue has been, you know, siphoned a lot of support for Republican candidates because they're the only ones who are talking about how important it is for like negotiations to happen. I mean, let's face it. I mean, there has been several Republicans who have been denouncing the aid to Ukraine, denouncing the neo-Nazi regiments that are getting a lot of this lack of oversight in terms of funding it's kind of a binary thing, which is really unfortunate because you would hope that a lot of the members of the Progressive Caucus would be coming out and urging negotiations like Rokana. He was the only one who stood by that letter oh, really? from the Progressive Caucus and all of them denounced it. And this After is a, they signed it. Yeah, after they signed I mean, it's just so pathetic. It's like, dude. And also, considering that the letter was not actually – even going to accomplish anything right it was just saying it was just saying hey let's negotiate There's another yeah there's another perspective that you can't have in government yeah and it's just like this taboo nature of trying to urge some sort of negotiation you know that the u.s has been purposefully impeding is just batshit crazy to me you know and it is enraging and i'm sure it's enraging for people who are struggling in this country the fact that billions of dollars nearly 100 billion dollars now has just gone to ukraine while Bridges are crumbling. Minimum wage is eight to nine dollars an hour. I mean, it's an insult, you know, Um, and I think there's a lot of nuance to be explored there. But, yeah, I mean, when J.D. Vance, someone like J.D. Vance can capitalize on that talking point and use his opposition to the war, the war that's hot right now um, against someone like Tim Ryan, who's obviously just a total generic ass you know warmonger who supports whatever the fuck foreign policy adventurism that we're doing in the middle east and beyond yeah i mean it's an easy sell right and people glom onto that 
And that's exactly what Trump did. Remember, Trump was painting himself to the left of Hillary Clinton in the 2016 race. Mm -hmm. So like this shit works, dude. And that's what's so insulting about the Pied Piper thing is like, haven't we learned? Haven't we learned? Why are people still playing, you know, taking the same tricks out of the same playbook? In terms of the referendums, I think you're absolutely right. We need to stop looking at elections in terms of political heroes and um, cult personalities that are going to change anything being representatives who spend two-thirds of their time just begging for donations anyway and talking to lobbyists. We need to just look at elections as avenues to explore different referendums and ballot provisions that we could take power back in other capacities, um, decriminalizing drugs, uh, the, the minimum wage increase. I mean, these are things that we can do. We have the power to do these things. We can't just wait, sit back, and depend on politicians who don't give a shit about us to do the things that they promise. You know, we have to take that power back. And so I urge people who want democracy on the ballot to go and be a part of these referendums, be a part of the movements that put these provisions out there. And that's where we can actually make movement in this country. And that has been shown time and again, especially with these midterm elections. Thank you so much, Hillary, um, for calling. I really appreciate you. Uh, Yeah, Abby, you were saying before, it's kind of funny that uh, yet again, Beto O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams run campaigns and lose, and then their concession speeches are like, we're just getting started. We're going to be back next time. It's like, all right. Um, so, yeah, this emphasis on, like, the people saviors is is like a thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know. They're just getting started. <laughs> somehow you still have celebrity for losing election. You're the person who loses an election every two years. Um, let's, uh, oh, yeah, actually. I was looking for something. What? Uh, so I was looking to find verify that Rudy Giuliani killed the pigeons. Yeah. And instead, I found killed an article the in the Denver Post from the year 2000 that apparently in Denver in the year 2000 was having a big pigeon problem. I'm only saying this because of uh, of Dost because it's related. Okay. Um, so they had a huge pigeon problem. They tried a lot of different things to fix it. High-frequency sirens, electrified wires and stuff where pigeons hang out there was so much pigeon poop it was like a massive acidity problem and cleaning it was costing all this money it was destroying buildings it was getting on people so you know what they ended up doing to try to solve the pigeon problem is they introduced a drug that was a hallucinogenic drug that they would feed to the pigeons and the way the strategy for it working is the pigeons that ate it not all of them would eat it it wasn't like a mass poisoning but the ones that would eat it would act so insane because they were completely mind blown on hallucinogens that it would freak out all the, all the other pigeons would be like, Oh, there's something here. We should not be around. And they would all just leave because they were so freaked out by how some of the pigeons so were tried and there. true. Why haven't we, why I don't know if it worked. Like I don't know if it worked. Um, I don't know if it worked, but they did it. What was the hallucinogen? That they <laughs> it's gave called, um, a vitrol. Where is it and where can we get some? I don't is think it, you want to take it. It sounds it really I think it causes you have convulsions. It's not um it's not a fun one. It's meant to be horrific. So that I don't think it's I don't think it's a people thing. Um but anyways, yeah. Thank you for that dosed moment. Did you ever find anything about Giuliani killing no, animals? No. Shit. I might have made that up. If you're gonna be a pigeon though, that seems like the more interesting life of a pigeon is the one that gets dosed by the hallucinogen anyway we have to wrap it up um because we've been on for a long time and we are fatigued as hell from this post-election 
hangover. <laughs> I'm about to go get fucked up. No, you're I'm not. pregnant. Ha, just joking. I, I would know, never do uh, that. I wish I could. That's a big reveal on today's dose. Is the that thing is, we are not getting dosed anymore. The thing is, I really wish I could, though. Today is one of those days that you just really, <laughs> really want to go drink your sorrows. Yeah, on. having to watch a CNN. Yeah, that, after that, I, yeah, I hear you. You guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Dosed. It was a fun one. Um, who knows where we're all going to go with this, but we'll definitely definitely keep watching the oligarchic decline of this country and keep reporting on it y'all thanks for tuning in